thousand times my mood darkens as the trees brittle and lose their color as the leaves fall. Just tonight I was enjoying an egg cream at the gentleman's parlor, and I went away, cigarettes and lipstick, nothing to make me forget about the memories of summer romances of the life that should have burgeoned, children of houses of youth, of growing old with you, Michelle. But nothing came of that, and we know of that dark time. So I got to my car, and I drove past piles of leaves, came upon the young couple in the park, and I gave them a slight nod of the head. I took my, my smoking jacket, <sighs> wiped off the leaves, and I walked past a gazebo. Acapella. Oh, oh hello. Hello there. <laughs> you listening to Coward Ride with me. I'm Rose Kip. And with me is Derek. Hello, Derek. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> oh, you really got me there. Uh, that was a good scare. <laughs> I- I'm dead, I think. I've been maimed and killed and murdered for now. A, a werewolf come upon- came upon you in the moors, perhaps. Perhaps. But, uh, in fact, today we're doing a very fun, uh, werewolf-themed episode where we looked at American Werewolf in London and, uh, the first episode of Big Wolf on Campus, that, uh, beloved 90s show no one remembers. I mean, I, I have watched a lot of 90s stuff and I literally had never heard of this show. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe only in my head, honestly, at this point. Uh, but no um we actually though um have a like show of your own though derek i i do yeah um i i have a also have a show where i talk about movies called underrated so what's like a your basic like frame there like is it like just stuff that like you really like but think is like severely underrated yeah i mean there is a lot of that it's also stuff that you know it might have done well at the box office, but critics didn't like it, or more often it's probably the opposite, where, you know, it's something that critics liked, but, you know, their audience was never really there for it. Sometimes we'll talk about some cult classics, or sometimes we'll just talk about stuff that everyone hated. Critics, audiences, um, you know, bad Rotten Tomato score, bad box office, but are things that I think really should be re-examined, like our first episode is Speed Racer which is just still one of my favorite movies. And it's a movie that has like a 37% in Rotten Tomatoes and lost just a ton of money. But it's just, I think it's the Wachowski's best film by a wide mile. Yeah, I was so, going to yeah, say that's a Wachowski one, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's the first thing they did after the Matrix trilogy. Okay. Yeah, it is. That's really cool. Yeah, like that's one movie I've always heard like, it's like a lot of interesting things about. But also like, I take a grain of salt whenever it's a movie that's like, got like a different art style and like a different like choices and how it presents like logic what people say about it because people are like weird and want things like to be like perfectly logical perfectly like clinical and they wonder why nothing like has any kind of like effect on them like emotionally yeah no it definitely is one of those movies where it's it's not like the real world it's very much like a cartoon like it's the 60s speed racer you know, uh, cartoon come to life in live action, just bright and colorful, and with as much, you know, logical, like, the logic is that of its world. The logic in the movie is consistent, it's just not the logic that we have in the real world, you know? No, yeah. Um, I really should have 
if I was smart, I would have said, hey, let's look at my favorite unknown slash underrated movie. And um, have you ever heard of the movie Dog Soldiers? I have. Is that Forrest Whitaker? No, you're thinking okay, of Ghost Dog, which is like what he's That's like. What I'm a, yeah, of, my bad. Okay, but I I have heard of Dog Soldiers. <laughs> yeah, it was um on that list I gave out, but like basically it's like um this weird like Scottish special forces versus um werewolves movie. Okay, where like a like drill goes bad and leaves them stranded in the woods in like a house it's got like an insane cast like sean pertry's in it like the guy who plays like davos like uh from gates of thrones in it oh a very weird movie huh i'll just check that one out how often do you leave your show thinking man that movie was very bad or like what's like the worst movie that like you looked at like that was still worth maybe like watching Ooh, the worst one that I, we should that I've watched that we still well okay we did this series of movies that I called big swings where they were like I, you could probably classify it Speed Racer as one but they're like these big budget insane movies that are like like they have really high concept and have a lot of world building and you know they're not part of a series they're just kind of like this whole standalone thing and we did a whole series on movies like that. And for all of those movies, I would say, probably qualify for that because um, we did uh, we talked about like Gods of Egypt, which is just weird. And it's like not a good movie, but it's an interesting movie. Um, what else did we do for that series? We did Valerian in a thousand the city of a thousand planets. That's such a weird which movie, is, right? It's just like <laughs> Luke Besson was just like, OK, I made Fifth Element in the 90s and now technology has improved a lot. I'm just going to take the weirdness level of fifth element and just like crank it up to 11 and just there's like parts of that because I love world building. But there's parts of that where they're just like unnet, they're just like telling you all these facts about the city. And you're like, this has no like relevance on the plot or anything. They're just telling me this because you invented this cool city and you just want to tell me about it. So those those two probably would be the most just kind of bizarre like the best worst ones, I guess, is the best way to put it. And like Rihanna's in that movie for like five minutes in a really weird yeah. role. It's that's the whole thing we were talking about. She like becomes a main character. Like she's not a supporting character throughout the movie. She becomes a main character for the second act and then is gone and is never mentioned. Yeah. Again. And like I guess that like that's like some really famous like French comic, the same way that like mm-hmm. Judge Dredd's really famous in like England kind of thing. But like it's just like ah, I've. No frame reference. And I think it does yeah. reveal to an extent, I think Fifth Element would not have been as good a movie if it was able to rely on special effects the same way as like Valerian could, you know? Because mm-hmm. that movie, yeah. a lot of that, if it came out in like the 80s or 90s, like the same plot, but just like practical effects, people would have way more love for it, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, that makes a lot of sense. Let me, okay, there's something, like, now that you bring that up, there's something that I always kind of say, and tell me if you agree with this or not, because you're, like, you know, this is kind of your area of expertise, is I always call, like, the early 2000s the golden age of CG, not because CG was better than, it was obviously worse, but it was because it was good enough that they could use it very, like, they could use it for a lot of things, but they didn't rely on it, and, like, a perfect example, I think, of that is, like, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where you have, like, Gollum, and you have like these things that you can do, like you have the 
like the, the the big battles and the you know the big elephants and everything but like then you watch the hobbit movies which were made 10 years after that and just everything in that those movies is cg like all of the orcs and just like there's yeah. just all of the effect shots are all cg and it's like you didn't need to do all of the cg there was so much good practical stuff in the lord of the rings trilogy even though there is some incredible groundbreaking cg stuff in that there's also a real like dedication to making things practically look great well, it became a real easy way to, in a part of the industry that's not unionized, do a ton of stuff for very cheap, do it as quickly as you could. Just like it like was like, oh, we don't have to plan or redo. We can just fix. And that's never going to work. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I say a lot is that the difference between like a practical effect and like a like computer generated effect is that a computer generated effect is trying to represent something that exists in the same reality as the rest of the movie and a practical effect is not it is trying to show something that is supposed to be fantastical is supposed to stand out versus like cg's trying to blend in and like fit like the same logic as like the people and like that's why like a lot of times like with practical effects it's like oh this is is so much more memorable because it's saying oh this is a not real this is another kind of like slice of reality that we're seeing and it's fine if there's like seams or you can tell it's not real because it's like not trying to be real the same way that like cg is all the time Hmm. that's just me i don't know yeah no totally that makes sense one movie i have to recommend if you haven't done it um it's one of my favorite movies of the past several years uh (laughs) the 2019 movie serenity have you seen that or know about that no, I've like literally only heard really bad things about it. I have oh. I've never watched it. You need to I, go I in. To check it out now. No, no, actually, uh, before we started talking about doing a commentary track for a movie and how you do the right movie, learn nothing about that movie and just do a commentary track. Just like the live reaction. All I know that it has some kind of insane twist at the end. I don't know what the twist is, but I like hear people are just like, this twist is bonkers. So <laughs> that's all I know about it. I would tell you two things. Forget the first thing. Um, <laughs> number one, I'm, I'm about to lie to you, but it's okay. Number two, there's no twist in the movie. Okay, okay. Oh, God. Uh, you really... Uh, that's a movie to watch. Okay. As little context as you can. But uh, <laughs> Speaking of context, though, uh, it is Halloween. So, a very important question for me is um across horror across fiction what's your favorite monster Ooh, that's that's a good question um uh probably do you mean just like 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 a like a movie monster or is it like a specifically like a supernatural creature you can give me both if you want they're separate answers okay um i think that i really I think that nothing really beats for movie monsters. Nothing really beats the original like alien, like the 1979 like alien. That thing is just so creepy. A lot of times in movies, I think that less is more. And anytime you see the monster, it's never going to be as scary as what you've imagined. And that's why, you know, in something like, which I, a movie like I like a lot, a quiet place, you lose a lot of the tension when you see the monster, but the, the alien in like Geiger's alien is so fucking creepy. 
that I'm just like, yeah, no, like this is this is it for me. Like this is creepier than things I imagined in my brain. Um, as far as like kind of supernatural creatures, I've always thought vampires are cool. Like vampires are just like, you know, they they they're just like kind of just like they're very mysterious and they're like sexy and they're just like you know they're just you know they're smart. They're not like mindless creatures. They they they're planning and things. Then then it's not like once a month you have to worry about them. It's like no, like vampires, you know. They can come out at night, but there's you can there's so many different kinds. You can have like a cool vampire like Marceline, or you can have like just like scary vampires like Thirty Days a Night, or you can have you know sexy vampires like I mentioned, or you can have like you know the ones that are just kind of more old school. You know your Bela Lugosi's, mm-hmm. or going back even further than that like Nosferatu's and stuff. So I think there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with a vampire. Vampires definitely go back to what you're saying about like CG. I think if you track the history of like the technology and effects you track the different trends and phases of like what a vampire is like from mm-hmm. like german like impressionism to like very good like models and like prosthetics to like very early like cg like that like blade like queen of the damn movies like that were like the pioneers for knowing how to do too much with like that kind of like effect stuff too yeah yeah so I'm really getting excited for um, some of the Marvel vampire stuff um, that's going to be coming out. Like, that'll be good. I don't know if they're going to be able to do a good Blade movie. I'm really. It's I don't know. I don't know. Mahershala. I got. Try, I trust Mahershala. You know, like. I mean, uh, is he going to get to say something on the level of like some motherfuckers like always like ice skating up hills? <laughs> One of the great movie lines. Yeah, it's like <laughs> makes uh, zero sense, but makes so much sense, you know, right? Like, that's like probably the best scene in movies is like when he's like, "Yeah, Jake, it's some motherfuckers trying to ice skate up hills." Uh, but yeah, um, and my last um question for you is that uh, what's your favorite Halloween mm. candy? Okay, does it have to be a Halloween? Another another question for you then. Does it have to be a Halloween-specific candy, or can it be just like something you get in ha- uh, Halloween? Because I feel like Halloween-specific candies are not good. Like, candy corn? Garbage. Throw it away. It's that Louis, or, um, what's it, Louis Black bit where he just talks about how like all the candy corn that was ever made was made in 1911. People just throw it away. Okay, how about this? What is the best candy to get on Halloween? It's definitely Reese's. Like, no question. Reese's, Reese's Cups are incredible. I kind of feel like on Halloween, like you have to get something you like wouldn't normally get because it's like you're going to get the same Reese's versus if you get like a big messed up pixie stick and like get in a sword fight with your friends. If you like get like a hundred grand bar, but it's like 40 pounds and you could like kill a cat with it. OK, what, what about what about pumpkin Reese's then? Right, because those ones, I feel like those are kind of better somehow. I don't know how they definitely maybe are. it's the shape. But yeah, thank you. Right, they're like the, those ones and the Christmas tree ones are you get at Christmas time. They're better than regular ones, and I think it may be because they don't like to have the hard edges or something. You, they're just kind of like smoother. Maybe it's the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter. Like yeah, how like they gotta go with the mini M and M's were better than normal M and M's. Yeah. Oh my god, M and M's. I have, like they came in that little tube. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've not thought about that in a minute. So, um, not fuck Mary Kill of uh, <laughs> rate. Um, <laughs> Hall- no, fuck Mary Kill. Um, Halloween, Christmas, and Easter special Reese's. Okay. Um, what's best? What's I would. 
I'm trying to. Okay, uh, I would probably kill Halloween. Um, fuck Halloween. Uh, no, kill. Sorry, kill Easter. Fuck Halloween and Merry Christmas. Oh, I think the Easter one's better than the Christmas one, personally. Okay, I'd probably fuck Halloween, Merry Easter, kill Christmas. <laughs> uh, that's just me. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're all like, I don't want to. I don't want to kill any of them. I love. I love all of these Reese's. You know. Do other holidays like get them? Like, are there like lip shaped Reese's for like? Valentine's Day, or like heart shape. I mean, I would have gone with heart, but yeah, um, nice lip. Nice uh, just lip. Uh, I don't think so. I think that's that's it. You know, I don't think there's like an Arbor Day Reese's or anything. They just, you know, they're not like special like, Reese's that have like some fireworks at them. <laughs> Pop rocks, you know, in Reese's that would be bad. I feel like. Yeah, that would probably be badly. Um, have you had like the Frankenstein Reese's that, that like are like green? No, I don't know how I feel about that. They're like green bottom. I don't know if they're a different color or uh, Mm -hmm. what's the word for color, but with your tongue, taste. (laughs) They feel like the texture, flavor. They have a different flavor, I think. Yeah. But no. Um, There is no better food besides maybe like Cap'n Crunch and like Oreos and maybe like kit kat for having a like holiday variant like they're like the main ones in my book yeah yeah that, yeah that's that's for sure but uh one thing that is really great about uh chocolate though is that um in japan there's so many kinds of like pick out the stuff and then also um i felt like the chocolate game was much better i uh, spent um half a year living in Scotland, and that's where our movie takes place. At first, <laughs> you thought I was going more off topic, but nice, yeah, I nice transition. This God. Uh, but no, uh, so we watched American Werewolf in London. Um, this was just like your pick. So, like, my thought um, is why this movie? Like, uh, what makes this like a like uh, important to talk about? Like, movie for you. Well, I was thinking about a lot of the kind of movies that, you know, we you give me kind of a list of ones to think about and, um, you know, all of that would fit for the show that would have been good. Um, and I and I looked at a list and I was like, it's as much as like, I think Alien is probably a movie that I think is a better film and one that I like more and will go back to more. This is like a perfect Halloween movie, you know, mm-hmm. because it is a werewolf movie and it is like spooky and, you know, there's all this kind of just, like, mythology and, like, like what's going on with the werewolves and just how weird it is. Like, I feel like the weirdness factor of it plays really well into Halloween because you're just like, Halloween, there's tricks and you don't know what's going on. And this, there's just, like, weird things that happen in the movie. And you're like, what was the point of that weird scene? And just, uh, it's just very John Landis dark comedy. And I really dug that. Um, I think it's just a perfect 80s film. And it has, you know some incredible effects that are just like in the bright daylight, that transformation scene to this day still holds up as like one of the best werewolf transformation or one of the best, like kind of like scenes of that type where you Mm -hmm. kind of see someone transform at all in a movie. Um, just really, really incredible effects. Um, and just, you know, I, I just like how uh, irreverent it is at times and just bizarre, um, really funny movie, really, really funny and really, 
Uh, it really toes the line between horror and comedy in a way that I feel like very few films can. And also, I think um, for like a Halloween horror movie, the difference is that it has to be about homeliness in some way. There's something like very like residential and like communal about like looking at something that makes you feel right for Halloween. Like a movie like Alien is like about like space truckers that are like fighting for bonuses and like trying to like make sure they have like the right deal and not being screwed by the company. That's like not the same vibes. That's not about like where you live or like like you like your like local place, you know? Mhm. Yeah, definitely. And this one does start out like that local that pub where it's got all these mm-hmm. great like British character actors in it. You're like, I think I've seen that guy in Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, just like it's like all these faces that are kind of slightly familiar and you just feel like Okay, you know, it's it's like it does start in that very like insular community and it has these outsiders kind of come in and, you know, I, I really I really think you definitely hit the nail on the head with that kind of like Halloween vibes, even though it's not explicitly a Halloween film. It does have all of the themes and the vibes you want from a movie to watch at the spooky season. It's kind of like how you're a Christmas movie if you're about somebody trying to do something by like a like deadline. Like no matter what it is, like like just like some deadline, and you're good. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but uh, let's uh go through this movie like a beat by beat. Um, mm-hmm. and it uh, starts with uh two friends, John and David, as they are let off a truck of sheep, and and they are backpacking through Europe, and they started at uh northern England. Um while they have some friends that are in Italy, including um, this like girl that uh, John wants to sleep with. And uh, <laughs> what a great way to start. Just I just um, love the way these two like, characters talk. They're very like dry humor. They're very like upfront. Like a lot of like times, like when you watch like a movie set in like the 70s or 80s, characters don't talk like real people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they very much like talk like vague late teen, early twenty, like young young guys would, you know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I feel like that that's something that I really like related to a lot in the film is like me and my friends who have like a lot a lot of the time we have this dry sense of humor, you know, and I'm kind of like, you know, the John type character who's always just kind of, you know, being a very much a smart ass. <laughs> so I related a lot to that aspect of it. And too, like I just um love the way they're like filmed too like this movie is very like not slow but it feels like utterly like plotting at points compared to like a modern movie that like won't take any time for anything and like it really works like there's so much just like uh tracking on the hillsides and like on the moors and just like time with like mid-tone lighting and stuff and like it like looks so beautiful and i think like film too like there's like a certain like way about old cameras that like add mm. so much more detail to certain characters like scenes too yeah yeah definitely uh, but they come to a pub and uh they see there's a like pentacle from the wolfman movies it's the slaughtered lamb pub which personally nowadays we're probably a little too genre savvy for that don't you think yeah <laughs> Well, even even these two guys like looking at it, they're like, uh, I don't really want to go here. What are we doing? You know, 
Yeah, they made a real tactical error by going where nothing was. <laughs> I'm surprised like there wasn't like a line of like, oh, like I read it in a book how beautiful like Northern England was. So we went somewhere where there's like no tourist stuff and no like hotels. And Which, he just yeah. keeps giving him so much shit about like them not being in Rome. I mean, yeah, this would not have happened in Rome. Maybe, maybe Paris, but maybe that's Paris. A, that's a that's another story. I watched the trailer for that movie, and holy wow, that's the not that's a spicy meatball. As <laughs> I was to say in Paris, it's true. It's true. In the pub, like you said, there's like so many characters, like the the old barmaid, like the person who's like looking very like feverish, the person who's like never missing at darts and like the people joking and telling like a racist joke about like Americans and Mexicans, all this stuff. Just very good, just like low world building, not lore, like just like, oh, here's people. Yeah, they feel like real people. They don't feel like movie characters, like even though they don't have names or like that many lines, it feels like you they did just walk off like this the Scottish Moors into this pub and like they just found these guys. The character <laughs> these character actors are just incredible, I think, in it. They eventually like leave after the whole pub gets mad at them and like asking about that thing. Um and then they get completely like attacked in Maul because they like immediately are like, huh, fear the moon. It's a full moon. Let's get off the road and let's like walk through the fog on the moors. <laughs> Very bad at this. Yeah, and they look down and like, whoops, we didn't stick to the road. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, there... <laughs> There's a, a certain point, like, I think, like, Wes Craven probably just... Or, like, even maybe, like, um, like Josh Whedon um, made it so people can't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just like, yep, n- no more, no more. Yeah. You know genre now. Um, <laughs> this whole scene is like great. Um, just like I love how we see like how they're attacked and how they get like wounded and all this stuff. It's just like a very great big like intercut to with like the people at the pub like arguing about like what they should do about it and like if they should like get involved and like what's their life and what's not, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so brutal. Like I'm I'm the kind of person who like, will maybe laugh at something when it's, like, scary or, like, inappropriate. And so this kind of thing is perfect for me because it's both horrific and hilarious. So, like, I'm, like, doubly laughing at something like this. Yeah. <laughs> they really get fucked up. Like, more <laughs> than most movies. Also, like, uh, no offense to, like, the latter-day stuff, but if you don't do, like, a big standing messed up like shaggy werewolf what's even the point in my mind yeah, personally exactly has to look good has to be good like if, uh yeah if it's just a guy with some sideburns and some yellow eyes which maybe we'll touch on later but i'm like i don't know about this or if they're just wolves that's no fun yeah if it's literally just a wolf it's just like you got you got to be this weird hybrid like i i mean I, I know a lot of people don't like it but i really like the Wolfman with Benicio del Toro and how they kind of like took that classic Wolfman look um, like the painstakingly recreated it and like modernized it. I, I really enjoyed that. A lot of like modernized takes on like certain fictional characters like you were talking about like 
how the design of the alien looks so good, but like it's because it has like that great like silhouette. Like it's meant to cast shadows. It's meant to, like it's meant to like interact with like light and like film itself. And I feel like the classic like werewolf and like uh, like vampires do that in a way that like a lot of modern takes just don't. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. And then um, we cut to London. Uh, where we see that David is being tended to by some nurses, including one that's like, I looked at his dick while he's asleep. I was like, me too, this lady. God, jeez. Yeah, she's like, ah. The next scene, I think, is a cameo from Frank Oz as the guy from the embassy. Oh, um, yeah. Who's doing like a very good Kermit voice. Fucking Yoda. Hmm. Uh, but he's like very that much like you're being took- rude. Yeah, that was one scene I took note of, just like of the absurdist comedy of just like, like how he's just like kids. These they he's, I I know this is a difficult time, but please calm down. Like kids don't appreciate anything. His friend just got eaten in front of him. What the fuck are you talking about? God damn! And like he went from like parody of a dude to Kermit like once or twice in that scene, like a way that like was great. It was perfect. <laughs> Uh, cause like Frank Oz, like, is there a dude who like, it's like what, like him and Charles Martinet are like the dudes who could just like make people like hear something like, wait, what was that? Mario? <laughs> Yoda? <laughs> but yeah. Um, and they've said that it was a lunatic and not an animal, but there's no records and he has to stay in the hospital and he meets um, like Nurse Price who, how do you feel about horror Movies in general have a problem sometimes of rushing people into relationships and saying, oh, they love each other now. It's been two days. How do you feel about this? Yeah, one? that that was a little like rushed, um, like because he just like tells her like he's like, I like is at one point and we're skipping ahead a little when he's like, I had a bad dream. And then he just like kisses her and she doesn't even react. And then she's like, hey, I think you're hot. Come live with me. Um, I've had this many lovers. Um, let's have sex. And then two days later, he's like, oh, I'm like. Which is weird, but I feel like it works for the internal consistency of this movie. Because this movie has a lot of just, like, weird character things like that. And just people just yeah. kind of, like, making all these jumps and, like, doing all these bizarre things. So, I think in another movie it would have been a lot more jarring. But in this one, it feels very par for the course. The way she talks about him, like, oh, like, you're cute, but also you're kind of sad. And, like, also the implication of, oh, and he's going back to America in, like, a week. I was like, like okay, sure. <laughs> this seems fine. <laughs> like that makes perfect sense for her to want to get laid. Sure. Yeah. Um and this movie does like a lot of great dream sequences. Um and like the one that's like been aped to all hell is like of um might not have been like the first time like this definitely made popular like the running like naked in the woods and like attacking like a deer. Yeah. The one that I, like, always gets me, and I'm still, like, what... I still don't know, like, what it meant or why it was in the movie. Yes. But, like, when the, like, pig German, like, like the Nazi guys or whatever, like, murder his entire family with machine guns and still does... I'm, like, wh- I'm, like, I get this is, like, like, you know, his dark side or whatever, but I'm, like, why did it manifest in this way? This has nothing to do with werewolves. This is so <laughs> fucking weird. And I'm, like, it's great. I'm glad it's in the movie. I don't know why, but okay, sure. There's also a scene where they're in the um, 
in the tube and they're just like surrounded by a bunch of like early 80s punks with like wild hair and everything and oh yeah i think it was just like oh this is something i've seen on like a zine or something or like in like a recent movie that was very popular like among people who make movies and no one else i'm just gonna add us the movie <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> um and like i do kind of like like the scene too where she like comes to his bed and feeds him is like i'd be a very bad at my job if i didn't feed you i was like okay you're probably worse at your job if you flirt this heavily with somebody all right yeah um it's the florence nightingale effect like doc brown said (laughs) yeah or she's the only one who's genre savvy enough to be like oh i'm in a movie i better find a guy to be monogamous with so i don't die (laughs) Uh, but yeah um and there's more stuff like oh like it was an animal like it makes no sense and all this stuff and yeah um that leads to him seeing his mangled friend jack and what a great effect when his neck is like all like jangly and stuff and you just see like like I'm like, how did they do that? That's ins- it's so good, and like is he gets like it deteriorates more and more, um, and it, like I love all of it, like especially when he's like a skeleton guy. But like that first time you see him, where he's just like he's still talking and stuff like that, but he's just so man and like pieces of it are missing. That's a, one of the all time like great movie makeups. I think it's so freaking good. Yeah, um, and just everything about it i love that like the lore of the like werewolves isn't like set in stone it's like oh like we died because of you you have to end this so like to be at peace it's like stuff you've never seen involve any other werewolf stuff before you know mm-hmm. but he just looks so good yeah and i'm like you're like is he a zombie or is he a ghost because he's because he's like deteriorating like a zombie but he only appears to him kind of like a ghost and so it's like you understand the rules but they're you're still they're still a little bit fuzzy, which is like good for what the movie is going for, I think, because it's just like you are supposed to be a little bit on your back heel for this whole movie. Yeah. And not really know like like I think you're supposed to at least like the beginning be like, is he crazy or like is this like what's going on with any of this? And, and like it doesn't take the time to be like, oh, if I spend too long like this, I'll turn into a strogi. And but oh, if you destroy my body, I'm a pure ghost. Or, oh, there's a hellhound that'll, like, come to get me if I'm in direct sunlight. It's, like, not, like, a bunch of rules or, like, stuff. It's just like, oh, this is fucked up, huh? Makes you feel bad. (laughs) Uh, And I think, like, around that is when the kiss happens, and she, like, super blows it off in a way where it's like, okay, you are bad at your job at this point. Yeah. But, um, she like doesn't even address it. She just continue. They both just continue. Neither of them do. He just kisses her, and they just have a normal conversation. Like, you could cut that kiss out of the scene, and it'd be the exact same scene. It was so weird. Yeah, it only really like serves to like further when he gets released, because like the next couple scenes, like he asks for somebody to stay with him, and that's her. And then he gets released, and they go grocery shopping and like to her house, which uh, her house was fucking huge. I was like, that's a gigantic <laughs> first floor london apartment right by a park in the center of london with like five rooms and like a bit well that's like that's like eight thousand dollars a month if not more 
Yeah, some somebody's parents were like her parents were definitely paying for half of that for sure, or if not more. Or it was just the eighties, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's where like the whole scene of her being like, "I've only slept with seven men, and three of them are one night stands, and I want to have sleep with you. Can I have sleep with you?" Yeah. <laughs> just, it's just like, all right, cool. I'm glad you broke it down like that. Because, like, he seems incredulous in a way that makes no sense, too. Or it's like, oh, there's no other bed. What am I going to do? <laughs> I thought you had bunk beds and more space for activities. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then they have sex in the shower, then sex in the bed. And at that point, I realized music licensing must have been really cheap or people weren't used to, like... Or people didn't expect subtext in their music at that point because a bunch of songs play the whole song and they're all about whales <laughs> directly, <laughs> basically. Uh, but like the sex scene is like it's it's fine, but it's also like a sort <laughs> of like you're playing a song about like moons and wolves and eating you and they're just having this like sex scene and it's like okay it's been like three or four minutes of them just like listening to the song having sex i'm surprised was hungry like the wolf not out yet at this point or something because i'm like that's the only one they didn't hit i need to find the soundtrack um american werewolf in london soundtrack because it's like got like almost every song about things so blue moon okay, moon came out dance. 82 i just looked it up okay yeah duran duran came out that song in 82 which is a year after this one so that explains because i feel like that would have been perfect like with one of the songs they were playing it would have been it fit right in i wonder if they saw this movie and wanted to make like a werewolf song right <laughs> that makes sense that's a good origin story blue moon moon dance bad moon rising blue moon rebel Passport to Hope. Cold sweat. Yeah, it's all moons. <laughs> all the way down. Um, and then that's when he sees his friend again and like he's green. And I love how he's so quickly decomposing and like getting messed up and he's all about like his funeral. Or is that in the past scene? Yeah. Like in the past scene, he's like, Yeah, and that girl had sex with like some other dude like after my funeral. I don't know. But just <laughs> he looked like great here because he doesn't look as like gruesome he looks messed up he looks like unnatural i like it um and then that's where um it becomes like more and more of a thing hey kill yourself like please kill yourself yeah. like like break the curse and uh we get the doctor actually around that time too going back to the town from the start of the movie and, and these scenes are great like i love these scenes with the doctor um he like gets told off and like is trying to play like chess with like an old dude and then like he like goes to his car as it's raining and there's just like dude waiting in the cemetery that tells him about it all and the old dude's like that's enough just very much like oh shit's gone down here for a long time yeah and i like how he kind of like figures it out but he still he doesn't like believe that he's a werewolf but he's like yeah basically he, he believes it so this is gonna happen so it kind of like is like all right well it's it stops them from being like, oh, well, this is never going to happen. It, it lets them kind of progress on that without also having this doctor just, like, believe something, you know, totally that he would never actually believe. So it, it does manage to find a good solution for that. 
Yeah, and also like it separates it from just being Halloween, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a doctor who knows about everything and is like trying to kill him, you know? Yeah. He's different. Um and we get like some more classic tropes, like there's animals that hate David. Um Bad Moon Rising plays for like nineteen minutes as he tries to read. <laughs> just a very <laughs> long scene of him like just being bored. Um and then um he randomly gets really hot and the most famous scene of like this whole like movie happens where he shifts. And it's incredible. It's worth it. It still looks so much better than a lot of like the similar type of scenes like we were talking about it earlier, but it really looks better than a lot of stuff today. And it's it's amazing because this movie was made, you know, like in the early 80s and yet holds up. Yeah, it's not trying to be real. It's trying to be an effect. Mm. So it's not like, oh, wow, this cool CG from 2001. It's like, oh, this is a bunch of models and makeup and stuff. And that really and can't there, get much better. And there, there's some stuff in the movie that I feel like is like, okay, like a little bit dated. Um, but there's, but that scene, there's nothing about, like, I'm like, wow, like you could make, I feel like it, it's a movie. This could have, that scene could have come from 2009, honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, and like, honestly, like people would flip out. They'd be like, oh, this is incredible. Uh, <laughs> And the scenes of him hunting people as a werewolf that night are great because they do like the sh- like they do have a measure of subtlety, but also showing what's going on. That's very good. Like he kills that couple. Um, he kills their friend. Um, and that whole scene in the subway where he's hunting that dude. I love that scene. Like that's another thing. Like in like Toku a lot, like in like, and the shows like Common Rider, it's like, oh, they're back at these stairs that they always come to every <laughs> season because they like don't want to film in more than 15 places across like 50 episodes, you know? Uh, but like, here I was like, oh, like this must, this is another, like another thing where I'm like, I'm sure nowadays filming here is a logistical nightmare and costs way more money, but here's like a thing they were able to do. And that scene in the escalator where like you could see him, but the escalator's going up and the shot's kind of far away and it looks great. Yeah, that and that was so good because it's like you see just enough of the werewolf there to make it like frightening. It's an it's kind of like a you know, um you, you don't yeah, it's kind of like one of those scenes where it's like it's your fi- brain is gonna fill in the blanks. It's like how the Wampa scene was in the original cut of, you know, Empire Strikes Back before the George Lucas special edition where he added like the full thing. You just see just enough of it, you know, to make it very terrifying. You just see how the person is reacting to this scary thing rather than the thing trying to scare yourself. Yeah, and I think that um, just the fact that all these things are happening so blatantly in the middle of a major urban center, but also, like, privately, like, I think that really, like, gets to, like, a real kind of, like, fear that we have in, like, just, oh... Like, you often have that moment of, like, oh, I'm alone for a second, like, when you're in, like, a city Mm. that's, like, nice. But also there is that, like, danger, too, of, like, oh, I'm alone. Like, yeah, that, like, you are protected and then you're not. But also it's, like, a moment of relief, too. It's, like, really going in on, like, people and just 
everybody that gets like killed is like just like having a fun moment with their friends, basically. <laughs> and yeah, um, um, like he like also kills like some um, um, like old like um, almost men too, and I think their dog or maybe not like who knows, but just a whole like spree. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when the doctor talks to Nurse Price. Is like, yeah, there's a massive neurosis. The whole town thinks that werewolves exist, and also there's no record. <laughs> And and it was definitely like an animal attack and just everything is yeah. And he makes no real remark about the fact that she slept with this guy or like has him living with her. <laughs> just wild, I think. It's it's almost like soap opera esque in terms of just like the kind of just like, oh well these relationships happen. And there's like you know, I feel like there's definitely that scene in like when they're watching the fake porno or whatever, and the guy comes in and he's just like He's like, oh, I told you to never do this again. It's like, oh, um, what? I'm not. I don't know. No, not you. Her. I don't know you. Oh, sorry. I thought you. And he just like leaves. It's so weird and ridiculous <laughs> like that. And then when you have like the second layer of like the film, the film is kind of like weird and ridiculous like that. And then you have the film within the film, and it's taken it to that like second degree or whatever. I think it's just kind of like showing you. It's like a, that scene is just like a kind of big wink, wink to the audience. Like, yeah, we know what we're going for here. You know, that would be me. Like, that would be like if I was living back in the times where they had porn theaters and I was like making movies for porn theaters, I would totally put in like things just to make me laugh, including that dude coming <laughs> in. Be like, oh, okay. Well, bye. And then the, the disease just goes and continues. <laughs> yeah, it's just so like, <laughs> like, what? And then, and then I just love David just like leads over to John and is like, good movie. Yeah. Uh, but we get like that next day too, where he's like feeling good. No, actually, we get the scene of the movie that I feel like the most dates it, and that is oh, the yeah. zoo scene. <laughs> Little boy, I'm a naked man. Come over here. I'm like, oh, this movie has not aged well in some some aspects. It's like he wakes up. This has happened since then in movies, but he wakes up in a zoo <laughs> with some wolves and he's like talking to them like, yeah, I like, take my calls and everything. And he just like escapes. He just figures out I got in here. I have to figure out a way to get out. But also nobody saw him. It's wild to think uh, <laughs> that that didn't go way worse for him. Yeah. <laughs> he just like steals some lady's coat and like <laughs> just wears only that on the bus. Like, okay. Guessing he's lucky that her coat had her like wallet in it or something or like some money in it. But yeah, uh, just like he's covering himself like with balloons. And the guy like personally would have been like, hey, can I have your hat or like your jacket or something, kid? <laughs> but yeah. Um, and when he cut. Co- OK. At, at this point, Nurse Price has done some questionable things. <laughs> I think finding out that. He definitely believes he's a werewolf in a way that this whole community does and is probably having a mental break. Comes back in a in a dress. <laughs> she got off at midnight. It's daylight. So she's presumably been home for like at least like what? Like six or seven hours. He comes in wearing no clothes. He doesn't. He's not your boyfriend. He doesn't live there. <laughs> she no sells it entirely. It's a lot. But yeah, um, then they go in the taxi, but they learn about the killings. and He's like, oh, no. Um, and like, he's also like trying to get with her as she's like hearing from her boss. Yeah. 
It's like, chill out, dude. But she's like super cool. She's like, yeah, man, you just like showed up naked in a fucking woman's coat <laughs> to my house that you don't live at. Um, And like a very important mention, too. There's like a like uh, experience cop and like nice but bumbling cop like pair throughout this movie, too. And they're incredible. <laughs> uh, that one scene where like the like uh, more bumbling cop just drops a bunch of trays i don't know what they're for i've only ever seen them for like collecting bullets that you take out of somebody but like they probably have other uses and like he drops like five of them on the ground in the office like what, what? yeah what's going on here <laughs> there yeah there are some just kind of like interesting subplots going on yeah with those guys there's a moment where he like go he walks up to a door realizes it's closed looks back at them apologizes without saying anything then opens the door and then leaves <laughs> forgot uh, about that it was so good <laughs> he yeah. closes the door behind him and he's like oh, oh. yeah and uh, another cultural difference or time difference is that he then he like tries to get arrested and oh yeah and the officer's like please stop calling me an asshole and saying terrible things and say you're a killer I was like, man, not American police hit different. <laughs> Just damn. <laughs> like, he, he would have been arrested or shot or something <laughs> real quick. Um, and, like, I really, my favorite, like, serious scene in the movie, though, has to be him calling home, though. The, the very next scene. Yeah, that was, that really, like, hit emotionally. Because it's just so plain. He's just talking to his sister who doesn't really believe him and like having like, oh, they like trust you to be home alone when you're 10. Blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, like tell mom and dad I love him. Like, I love you. And then he can't bring himself to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And it's just so emotional because it's, you know, like, I, you know, I have siblings, so I totally get that just like thing where it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, your your siblings who you you fight and you like act like you hate each other all the time, but you actually really love them, you know, especially, you know, at that age, you know, he, like she's 10 and he's, you know, probably about 20 or so. So they're, they're probably like fighting and stuff all the time. But so he has to have this like real emotional moment because he knows this is going to be the last time he talks to her or anyone in his family. Um, and I thought that was really honest and a uh, really good scene. Yeah. A real S Darko moment. <laughs> That's a movie you should never cover for your show. That's okay. a bad movie. I will, I will avoid it. It is appropriately rated, and that is bad. Badly. Uh, but that's when he gets to the porn theater. And the porn theater, that scene is incredible. Because, <laughs> um, like you mentioned, um, Jack is a, a like full skeleton, and everybody else is there. And they're like, Talking about what's the best way to commit suicide. I love the like couple there because they're still they're just like, oh well, I guess it happened. Like they're so like cheering and stuff. Yeah, things happen. And uh just like they're all saying stuff like, Oh, it'll hurt too much if you like hang yourself. It might not work at first. We don't want you to suffer. Yeah. And then that one guy that's like, and also you orphaned my children, left my lot and like left my wife alone. Just like it's very there's a definite trend too when you look back you're like oh a lot of the best horror movies were horror comedies and you forget that they were comedies 
Yeah. And then like there are movies that try and like do them now and they are just playing super straight. Hmm. Yeah. And like the comedy too of like him being in the porn theater when he starts to shift. So like there's a dude (laughs) that thinks he's coming and you know. (laughs) They just hear all these noises and they're like, oh shit, not this again. Yeah, just back in the day, I guess like you just like went to like a porn theater and we're like, oh, that was great. I'm going to remember this. After I take the bus home or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> so weird. I'm sure there's like that work because like I'm old enough, I guess. Like I'm like 28, where I'm like, oh, um, there was definitely a point where like I had to like remember stuff, but I was also like a kid, <laughs> you know. I was like, ah, oh, good job. And did you? Yeah. No, no, just, did you also catch that? That's the um, same theater that the guy mentions he watched the Alamo in earlier. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Like, it's, like, in Piccadilly Circus. Piccadilly Square, yeah. Yeah, Square. So, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really interesting, because, you know, that did happen with a lot of, like, you know, movies in, like, the 50s were these, like, big theaters, and then, like, when TV came around by the 80s, and, you know, a lot of those theaters had just become porn theaters, because, you know, they, you know, weren't show like, movies had just kind of, like, died out as a thing you go to every single weekend. I think that's a cool concept that there was just like poured in theaters and like it would have like more cohesive plot or like properly famous people like the whole like deep throat stuff um, from like the 70s or like the Debbie Does Dallas or like whatever that was. But um, <laughs> also there's part of this also like, yeah, but like that seems like it's missing part of the equation, which is being able to do anything with that. Right. You know, it's like, uh, but, uh, and then, um, he shifts and like massacres everybody. Um, and just, I love how this is the end of the movie. Cause like in a modern movie, this would be a transition to a major chase scene and then they'd get to a big set piece and then they'd end the movie. But here it's just like, oh, this like whole, they're squelching on the floor of all the blood and gore he's in the aisles you can't see him there's like flashlights it's a very cool location to like have this like whole horror happening you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and the police come and they're of course like British police so they aren't armed besides like bobby sticks or anything Mm -hmm. they're like oh shit and they lock it down and like 20 dudes are there like blocking this one door and they're like Call for some rifles. There's a giant wolf here. (laughs) When he actually breaks through, like, A, there's a bunch of people beyond this hearing this thing bang against this, like, whole door. They're like, oh, this is great. What's going on? Let's get closer. But then when, like, he does come out, everybody that dies, except for, like, one or two people, die from the traffic. Like, people get run over, get their heads squished. Yeah, people just stepping on people's heads and stuff. (laughs) It's wild. Like one car crashes and every car crashes, and like yeah. I love the low shot of him on the ground. Everyone's screaming. So nuts! It's so good. And uh, I really do think this movie benefits so much from like being so small scale too, where it's like, oh, it can show like what people panicking at like a busy street can do to each other, like in reaction versus just mm-hmm. a like big moment, but um. He gets cornered 
and there's a like whole like rifle team and like the way the city is moving though there's people like jumping between cars trying to get a look and there's like cops and there's also just like random people who like don't know what's going on or like have seen what's going on and it, it's just, like a really different view of what a city is too because like i feel like the way we show cities in media now has changed so much where like it doesn't move like that and like it doesn't have people like near police or government like that either mm-hmm. it's a lot of like drone shots and stuff like that nowadays and just like very you know birds yeah. eye, like just very very it's not like nitty-gritty and down in it with like people you know well uh we've definitely uh, treat the way that we uh treat people the same way we treat like places we're at war with now too so it's like oh like that's how like we like divide cities up it's like a like whole war front it's a whole like urban combat like even if you're just a person making sure there's no car accidents yeah. on the street but yeah um and that is when she says that she loves him she breaks through the whole barricade and he lunges but we're not sure because like you kind of see his eyes change is he lunging mm-hmm. towards her and embrace her to kill her but he shot dead that's the end of the movie yeah i i love the way it's just like such a violent brutal last scene and then it just cuts to like a very like upbeat song and the credits roll like it, it it really hits on that like absurdist dark comedy like it just really is like here that's the last beat of the movie and it's just like all right here we go like it's so good i love that ending yeah it's just, there's no like there's no epilogue there's no like a year later it shows like the fallout and everything and just like you know there's no moment for her to go over and like like watch him die or anything it's just like he's naked and dead on the floor end of movie like that's it that's all you're getting i love that and they go right to another song about the moon yes exactly um and one thing i do love though is that after the credits there's a thing where they thank the queen and the prince who are married yeah and- it's like yeah. princess diana i was like what <laughs> so weird well no um when he was trying to get arrested he kept saying oh the queen's a man and the prince is gay and after the credits that's why they thanked the queen and the prince because they were married well i thought because i I thought in the version i saw it was like congratulations to diana spencer and the prince on their wedding or something like that oh maybe i'm completely wrong then I mean, that might have been why they put that in there. Um, like, because, you know, he said that stuff about the Queen, so they had to, like, okay, if you want to shoot in England, you gotta, and you're gonna have this line, you gotta, ha- like, put something in there. But I was like, oh, wow, this, I was like, that would be, I was like, okay, that would make sense, that that's when, you know, Diana became Princess Diana. Also, there's this whole thing about, like, come to Universal, like, studios, and, like, shout out to Babs, or, like, ask for Babs. So I looked that up, because I, that seemed like a thing, and I mm-hmm. guess, like, in the original National Lampoon's movie, that this person did uh which one is that um in animal house they have a thing at the end where they're like and then like babs worked at universal studios like doing tours so from 1978 to 1989 if you ask for babs somebody named babs would come and give you a tour that's really i was just there for horror nights like last week so i I guess they don't do it anymore, but that would have been interesting to try. That's cool. I like the ending a lot. Just good, solid. This is 
what werewolves meant to me growing up too like oh like it sucks to be a werewolf it's not yeah. cool it's not sexy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you get fucked up and you like yeah. kill people it's and not like movie. like that jack nicholson movie where it's like oh being a wolf is cool it's like no like you have that's why i like being a vampire like i was like you know i would like to be a vampire better because you you're still in control. You're not just like a mindless monster. You wake up and you're like, oh, I'm naked and there's wolves here. And like, I can't remember murdering all these people. Though, I do also like the modern werewolf where it's like, ah, oh, I'm cool. And I'm uh, going to fight with Nina Dobrev or whatever you do. <laughs> I don't know. But um, great movie. Great effects. It's never gonna leave the pantheon of like important movies or like important like horror movies or like effects like showcases. Uh, really, like it. Part of me feels bad for Max Landis because his dad did so much great stuff, but the part of me is also like, eh, it's fine. You're you're rich. It's all right yeah. if you're not as good as your dad. You're rich. Yeah, you're you're not as good. your dad. Oh yeah, you your dad's okay. You. I mean, I kind of hate Max Landis for a lot of reasons. He's a pretty terrible person, but... Oh, really? Am yeah, I missing something like, there? Yeah, the, I mean, he's... Yeah, There's he's done some bad stuff. He's, he's not a great guy. <laughs> I always... He, I mix him up with the dude who is a pedophile from, like, X-Men. So I definitely am like, oh, which one is he? Oh, okay, yeah, no, yes. there's, there's, like, so many shitty dudes, like... In Hollywood, and just like you're just like, oh wow, you it's just like every day you find it like, oh great, this person sucks too. Oh, okay, cool. And the funny thing is, like, the the thing you said about the guy from X Men, I feel like it could be one of two different people because it's like both of the directors of the original X movies are awful people. That's why they're X Men in Hollywood. No, ah. but I'm bump, yeah, but uh, another thing that we looked at was a like more of a side thing but big wolf on campus uh this was definitely in the aftermath of buffy the vampire slayer and things like (laughs) xena and just a lot of 90s stuff was about high schools and had the same kind of high schools. like you had like your 90210 you had like your power like you had like your buffy but also like this was in that whole let's have fun with the archetypes of like horror and um quarterback Tommy Dawkins is drinking coke with his friends and he gets turned into a werewolf and it's his senior year of high school that's all you need to know about this show what do you think of this Derek oh man I I hope you didn't I don't want to be mean to anybody who liked this included if you were a big fan of this but I watched the first episode and I had a very tough time getting through those 22 minutes it was it was rough. <laughs> it was like every like cheesy '90s um co- like comedy I'd seen with like the voiceover and stuff, and it was like you know it, it did feel kind of like you know you mentioned Buffy, but it also kind of like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, those kind of vibes where it was just like you know it it just was so just like had all the kind of archetypes you would expect from like a high school supernatural show. Um, it, it, it you know. It was hard for me. It was really hard for me uh, to watch, to be honest. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, One thing that happens with both of these things, actually, is that none of the cast super does a lot afterwards. 
Um, yeah, I remember the opening credits. I was like, oh, let me see if I recognize. Nope, don't recognize any name. The his love interest is a secondary character in the Twilight movies. That's the best I could like see. <laughs> okay. Um, but like, so this show ran for three seasons, and I remember the second season adds a Catholic schoolgirl who knows martial arts, and they also start to be more of a comedy. Uh, so, um. I'm sure that's better, but also like I mean, sometimes sometimes pilot episodes are rough, so maybe you know that was just it. Yeah, that's like this show. I think is just like them doing stuff, and like it has a great like opening song. Like I really love their opening song, honestly. Like it's let's make a song for a show about being a teenage werewolf, one on one. But you know what? That's all you need. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just. It's of its time. It's here's a nerd, here's a jock, here's a girl, mm-hmm. here's a plot. I yeah, it definitely feels like a very like late nineties slash early two thousands, just those vibes. Um you know, I I could see how, you know, like it there like I, I thought the while he was very much a stock character, the kind of like uh the goth character, um, I thought he was interesting. There was one point when I thought it was like there was a legitimately really funny moment I thought where um, his sister comes in, like the the goth kid's sister comes in. Um, there was actually most of the funny moments were around him, like early on when he starts talking about the club that he's in. And he's like, and the other member left, so we lost her funding. I'm like, that's funny. Um, and then, but it's when the two of them are, he's in the basement. Uh, the main character is talking to you know the goth kid, and the goth kid's sis- little sister walks in. And she's like, what are you, what are you doing here? And he says, oh yeah, like we're friends. And both, uh, the sister and the goth kid say at the same time, we are like, and I thought that was just a really good moment. Just like how they, like he doesn't, even he is kind of surprised at that. Um, so there was, there was definitely some, like, there was some grains of like, okay, that's pretty good in there for sure. That's definitely where the show goes to being like a pretty funny, like comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched the episode nine, Muffy the Werewolf Slayer. Um, how could you not? Right, right. Something like that. And basically, the whole thing, I'm surprised this was allowed on TV, honestly, because it's just that this girl shows up. She's a goth. She, like, makes Merton, the other goth, like, dude, just, like, <laughs> super horny. <laughs> and until he, like, randomly slips that uh like Tommy's a werewolf. She's like, all right, cool. But like <laughs> he's in his bedroom and they're like making out and she's like, hey, do you want a implication of have sex? And he, and she's <laughs> like, yes. And then she's like, all right, who's a werewolf? And she's like, I I don't know. And then she's like, please, your website. And he's like, okay, it's Tommy. Um and then like he goes to like kiss her, but like um she leaves while his eyes are closed and his sister walks in and she says like, um, Oh, you've been dating nobody for long enough. It's about time that you finally kiss. <laughs> like, damn, pretty that's pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, but no, uh, I have a soft spot for like super low budget TV shows. Yeah, no, I, there's definitely a lot of stuff from the 90s where I'm just like, I don't know if this would is good and if I would watch it now if it would hold up, but like, I loved Xena and Hercules and like, you know, 
a lot of those, like, you know, you know, the shows that you've talked about on here, like VR Troopers and Big Battle Beetleborgs, I was all about those kind of shows. So oh. I, 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 I can, I can uh, feel you on that one, man. A lot of those are bad. Uh, we tend to look at shows that are a little bit higher quality when we're doing our longer term <laughs> dives, but uh, just, yeah, I do want to look at some of those 90s shows. Um, have you ever... Th- I'm going to put uh, t- a image from one of the, of the uh, lower budget. Lower budget is Big Bad Beetleborg. And like VR. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's going to... It's going to be a lot. Let's just say this is a show that didn't have existing footage uh, and had to make their own superhero costume. Oh, my God. This the wrestling show. I know what this is. Oh, my God. Alien fighters from Beverly Hills. Yes, I've heard of this. I never watched this when I was a kid, but I have heard of this. Oh, my God. It ran for a season. It got canceled, right? Uh, Yeah, we haven't watched it for our show, actually. Uh, But. It's definitely a like real like I've kept one in the chamber for myself, so to speak, you know, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and also there's a uh, vampires. Have you heard of that one? No. Oh, this is. Uh, OK, last thing to like do before I close the show. Up. But um, how do we even do this? Um, vampires was a show about about something. <laughs> I would find a picture, but it was very much trying to be CG, like reboot or something like that. Um, mm. Ooh, this is the perfect picture. Um, it was um, a bunch of teens go to a junkyard, and then a meteor hits, and they get turned into vampires and cars at the same time. So it was like, what if ants? What if? Animorphs, but also Transformers. Yes, they so turn into trans- CG That's how Animorphs starts. Which I was yeah. really into the. I was really into the books, but never the show. Like I don't even know what I'm looking at. This doesn't look real. This does not even look real. What I'm this picture that you showed me. This is insanity. Vampires this the is 97, 98 computer animated film series live action segments. Um, it centers on a group of human teenagers who protect and defend the world from evil anthropomorphic junkyard vans and vehicles known as the vampires by transforming into robotic anthropomorphic cars calling call themselves the motivators uh there's axel snap nuke and rev rev is a tomboy but she gets down and dirty just like the rest of the guys sometimes rev is not afraid to show off her feminine side oh man the 90s were a hell of a time their allies are van hill sing gypsy and grease pot. <laughs> the vampires are Tracula, Cardaver. Cardaver is good, actually. There's Ambula, there's Automaniac, and there's Alucard, who's Tracula's son. Uh, so, you know what? Good job there, actually. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I think low budget TV is the best when it's accidentally super bdsm like years later and, and i think uh, most of these do fall into that but, uh, yeah no speaking of bdsm um though where can people find you derek when you're uh on the show at the gothic castle no um 
yeah, you can, uh, if anybody out there wants to listen to me talk some more about movies, um, like we mentioned, I do that show Underrated. Um, so however you're listening to this, it's on all the podcast apps, YouTube. Um, you can find, uh, you can follow my stuff, my show. Um, we're Undercast Company on all the places like Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, all that stuff. Or if you want to just follow me and you know see some more of my uh, stuff, my writing, I write freelance for WatchMojo.com and do some stuff just you know on Medium stuff like that. Um, just follow me on Instagram at Derek's Photos. That's D E R I C K S underscore photos. Um, so any of those places, if you want to hear me talk about movies or anything else, um, I'm always looking for suggestions for more underrated films. So I'm definitely going to check out some of the ones you told me today. Is there a uh, recent article that you would uh, recommend? Um, well, let's see. The If you want to check out, it's a video that I'm writing for WatchMojo. It's going to be out. I don't think it's going to be out by the time this episode drops, but it will be coming out relatively soon um which is top 20 sword fights in movies so Ooh. keep an eye out for that on watch mojo uh because that one's coming down to five how high does the fight between mark hamill and jason muse from jay and by from jay and like silent bob's like strike back uh, Ooh, like, you know like what there. i don't ugh, that one it didn't exactly crack the the list or the honorable mentions fuck lars olivier <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, Errol Flynn was a hack. Fucking Errol Flynn never snooshed any bougies. Fucking Jason Mewes is the fucking <laughs> click commander. What's Errol Flynn done? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean ain't shit. Fucking Dead Man's Pearl. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but no, uh, you could uh, find me on Twitter.com at James Forge if you want to find out the Twitter for the rest of the cast. Uh, they weren't here today, so fuck them. But uh, <laughs> I know. Oh, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, me and James Baker with uh, more from uh, Comrade Build and Trojan Sentai Jetman episodes three and four of both those shows. But you can find the um, podcast at Comrade to me on on uh, Twitter, Instagram. There's Comrade episodes and our articles. There's Comrade slash episodes for links to each episode for various different platforms. There's Cavalier.com slash merch where all the proceeds go to the Trevor Project. Um, and keep sending questions to podcast at Cavalier.com. Uh, we are getting close to our next giveaway for our uh, reviews. Um, and uh, n- next time uh, we'll shout out some more people there um, on a more Camerader episode. But yeah. And I guess the last couple questions that I have for you are uh, who are your favorite characters from today? What was your favorite effect? And what was the best outfit? I mean, favorite characters, like, obviously, I think uh, John has to be my number one favorite character. He's, he's just so good. Um, just his deadpan humor. Just even, like, when he's dead, he's still hilarious. Um, then probably second favorite uh, I actually like the nurse. She's just, you know, she just kind of like rolls with the punches no matter what. Um, and then after that, I, I got to go with the doctor. Uh, no, you know what? Change that. Scratch that. I'm going with the dart thrower because uh, okay. he's just like, you know, he's like, you know what? He, he kind of res- he respects the rules of the town, but he's like, hey, 
some stuff is going down. Maybe I need to tell these people this. He, he He's kind of one of the villagers, but he's starting to break out of that. Um, also, I like that actor a lot. He's a good character actor. Shows up in some stuff. Um, he shows up I in Gladiator. John. Okay, yeah. I would know, but there's like like probably a lot of people in this movie that just like are in like a thousand things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like uh, John. I like Dart Thrower. I'm going to say Merton gets a good in there too for being a goth guy uh so merton john and i guess uh the guy from the embassy is my um okay my pick but what effect is your favorite of these i mean there's no question it's, it's got to be the the werewolf transformation in the light like it's i mean you know i i do i do want to almost pick the weird uh like like pig nazis but because it's just so weird but like that uh, like how can you not pick that that transformation scene that is iconic it's incredible we've, we've talked at length about it it's so good mm, yeah that's mine too I think <laughs> and uh, not really any great outfits here like I felt like a lot of stuff was pretty standard fare uh, I'm I'm tempted to go with him just wearing the ladies coat that's that's tempting ooh, that's true but I, I think that Merton had some style like he I, li- I liked his look a lot um, he had that kind of 90s goth thing going on um and no he never really got credit but i think he, he was a sharp dresser no that's fair right there uh and that is the end of werewolves for now what yeah we well think? thank you for having me on it was, i really had a fun time talking about werewolves and movie monsters and stuff you know sure coming on like uh how we learn anything important like how to protect ourselves or no what do you think I mean, don't go on an escalator alone at night, I guess. It's the most important lesson I took from this. Or or don't go on the moors alone at night when there's creepy villagers who tell you not to do that. Like, maybe listen to their advice. And you know what? When you're filming monsters, sometimes less is the moors. Ah. The real moors are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs>